Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Random Banter Podcast. This is episode 43, and I have with me today a very, very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Hey everybody, I'm Samuel. I'm a big Lego collector. I have a probably best known for Lego Instagram page called Rarest Lego Minifigures, and uh, been collecting for, for many, many years, and happy to be on the podcast today. Thanks for Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I've been following Sam for, I want to say maybe a year, two years or so. And I've been enjoying watching your collection, like watching your uh, top 50 posts and stuff like that. And just all the insane things that you get your hands on. And I was like, I just I had to have you on the show to just share like all the different uh, stories you've had with uh, collecting different Lego pieces of history <laughs> i guess yeah so we'll just we'll dive right into the the questions real quick um so when did you start collecting lego uh i would say i started collecting back in the early 2000s or so um you know i was one of those people that had the few sets when they were a kid and i just never grew out of it or away from it um probably collected a little bit more seriously starting about 15 years or so ago but still remember one of my my first sets was jedi defense 2 i think that was back in 2002 um, and getting that at the the toy store with my dad and then shortly thereafter um, going to kb toys around the time of my birthday seeing a 50% off clearance sale because they were going out of business. Um, but uh, my fortune, because I found uh, Django Fett Slave One set 7153 at that time, it was $25, oh. um, of course, sealed in box. And I was ecstatic because Django Fett was my favorite from episode two, um, even though his time was short-lived. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but uh, it was a fantastic set. And um, yeah, I, I just never stopped from there, really. That's fantastic. And that set is really hard to come by now because Lego hasn't yeah. made one since then. No. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Um, So when did like all of this collecting become more than just a hobby to you? Like when did it become like a, a kind of a main focus for your mind? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, uh, yeah, it was definitely a more casual hobby when I was a kid, of course, just collecting cool sets and stuff like that. And then I think it was... I don't know, 10, 10 ish years ago, a little bit over 10 years ago at this point. Um, I remember there was the, the 2012 New York Toy Fair, and there was a couple rare figures that came out. It was the, the Iron Man and Captain America um, from the, the, the Javits Center in February of 2012. And, you know, there was said, came with a lanyard and it said limited to 125 copies. And I was like, wow, Lego makes some pretty rare stuff. That's that's pretty wild. Um, and, you know, I, I, of course, really liked Lego and I liked collecting um, mostly the sets and stuff at that time. But at that point, I became a little bit more interested in just knowing more about rare Lego. Um, right. And, you know, the the more unique items that they come across and the further I dived into it, the, the more I realized that, you know, yeah, Lego makes all the stuff that you see on shelves. But actually, there is essentially a whole other world of just unique products, you know, employee exclusives, internal things, um, things for special little events just around the globe that that Lego is such a big company. And they, 
they uh, they really use all natures of their market to, to have unique products for many different subsets. And I just found that very, very cool and um, really started collecting a few of those rare items and then found that, yeah, it really did become almost more than a hobby. It's a, a self-obsession at this point and yeah. fully recognizing there's so many items. I will, I will never own everything and it's just never going to happen. So I do yeah. try to... <laughs> keep a focus to to star wars and then you know more recently in the last five years really enjoyed the history of lego as well especially as lego dives further into its own history as part of its kind of advertising brand and so i've really taken the liking to like old wooden toys and um, some of their older plastic toys as well and um, yeah it's definitely grown into much much more and i think the most exciting part about the hobby is that um, you know, I've been doing this for pretty, pretty religiously for at least 15 years, but again, collecting for 20 wow. plus. And um, I find something, I feel like I learned something new about it every single day, something I didn't know before. And that yeah. is just thrilling. And I, I don't think I'm ever going to get bored with that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can definitely agree with that. So my personal favorite uh, Lego theme is Lego Star Wars. Like you said, I'm just curious is is that your favorite theme or do you have a different favorite theme? Cause there are, I mean, there are so many <laughs> different themes that Lego has ever done and it could be like current theme discontinued, yeah. whatever. Absolutely. I think in terms of uniqueness um, and uh, the vast plethora of products, I would say star Wars is my favorite because there is so much and there right. are, they've come up with so many different exclusive items. And again, as a, a rare item collector. I love that, that there's always something to be hunting down and, and pursuing. And then of course, when you think you might have it all, then they put out something different. <laughs> so there's um, that nature. And of course I like having all the only like complete collection. I actually try to, to curate is my star Wars minifigure collection, which I have hanging up on the wall to my right here, actually, um, where I've got all the, all the star Wars minifigures from 1999 to, to 2023. Holy so I crap. enjoy, I enjoy keeping up to date with that. Um, but I would say in terms of individual quality and I think how fantastic a replication the products are of the the actual thing they were trying to, you know, mimic is the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit items are just that that range of figures that they first came out with are, are some of my favorites, just really yeah. well and beautifully designed. And the new Rivendell set I was ecstatic about also here to my right. Um, actually, I, just, I was going to say, I just saw I saw you got a you got a case yeah, for that. I, it I looks got fantastic. A case for that. Yeah. And um, it is fantastic. And it's just a, it's a really, really nice set and really well designed. I hope they do more. So, you know, I think those are my, my two favorite themes and the ones I keep up with the most. That's yeah. I I was gonna say I would definitely agree that like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars are strong, but also like for personally for me, Indiana Jones is up there. I don't know why. Just like when they brought it back, I was yep. I was so happy to just get a couple of those sets. Yeah, no, absolutely. That brought back a lot of nostalgia for for many people. And uh, uh, what I'm blinking on the name the um, the Temple of not the Temple of Doom. That's the one they canceled. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Ugh, my I hate gosh. That they did that. The the, uh, the the idol um the golden oh idol. the oh shoot yeah we're both gonna blank on it yeah the first the first the first movie when you got the idol with the yeah, boulder I, I just bought that set too so i've got oh that one as well. i i need to i, need I to was gonna say i need to get that i need yeah, to get that one it looks it. it looks really good um but yeah so you this this wasn't on my list but i just genuinely want to talk about it a little bit so you mentioned you have every lego minifigure from 1999 to 2023 with Lego Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. That that is that is impressive. <laughs> yeah. 
I was uh, gonna say how how did that how did that become one of your goals? Of... Yeah, yeah. So you know, a lot of items are crazy expensive these days because I think after COVID, a lot of people got into the hobby that weren't there before, which is amazing because right. I I think it's it's grown exponentially in the last few years, which is it's really a lot of fun to meet a lot of new people. But before all that, you know, things would have varying levels of pricing, but it wasn't absurdly expensive and you know again i had been a big fan for long years many years and had loved the star wars minifigures and it was i don't know six seven years ago something like that um i had met this guy and he had been a big lego fan and then he had to sell his collection i don't know if he got disinterested in it or something of that nature but he's like hey i've got you know the first 700 star wars minifigures and you know, i don't i don't want to collect them anymore and you know up to that point there was about 700 star wars minifigures so it's yeah. a pretty close to complete collection and i was like yeah i mean i'll i'll purchase it for a much more reasonable price than it goes for now this is a time when we're talking you know uh, probably my least favorite figure honestly but the cloud city boba fett you know $2000 now but was like $200 then so, oh, wow. you know, so I, I bought that whole collection. And then, of course, um, you know, I have the collector in me and it's something that is relatively easy to keep up with. Um, yeah. There's a lot of new figures. And so each year I will just uh, take a, a, a time and buy all the figures that I need to to keep it complete. And I've just been doing that for a few years now. So I have all these cases and I just add to them and I can I can share with you um, that I have eight cases and that's that's the only eight I own. And I'm almost done completing filling the eighth case so i'm gonna run out of wow. space here pretty soon how it takes up the whole wall so how many how many figures fit in each case uh it's close to 200 holy yeah, cow because i think there's uh there's 1350 figures so the math doesn't quite add up for what i'm throwing out there but it depends upon the size of the figure you have to take a little bit more space here and there right so, yeah. especially with like the the bigger ones like jabba or the rancor exactly. or something like that yeah yeah excellent so I, um, shoot, well, I completely forgot what I was going to say, but, um, so what, out of your like entire collection, like not, not only just Star Wars, but everything you have, mm-hmm. what is the rarest? The rarest, thing? uh, that is a very fair question and it, it's truthfully, it's hard to say. Um, so I, I'm fortunate to own, um, a number of pieces actually that are all one of one. So there's only, Ooh. only one that was ever made and, um, maybe Legos keeping one or something in a vault, but yeah, uh, you know, probably have, at least on the probably, but at least on the certificate for the public, it says one of one. So you know, I have uh, I guess for Star Wars specifically, um, the one of one solid, um, solid, uh, solid white gold R two D two that was a contest from a couple of years ago. I've got the solid bronze C three PO that was from two thousand seven San Diego Comic Con. For um, Bionicle, actually, which I'm not a huge Bionicle collector, but uh, they had a couple, of course, contests for some one-of-one solid gold 14-karat masks. So I've got, um, I think there was six of those total, and they're all unique, and I have two of them. It's kind of like collecting Thanos' stones, but uh, (laughs) maybe we'll get the other four at some point. And then then I also, I would say, another kind of of one-of-one item um, well, you'll actually that one I've never revealed on my page before, but you'll you'll see it here um, over the next 
uh, over the next couple of months because I'm starting that countdown. You'll be excited right. to know. If you like yes. the top 50, I'm starting the top 100 um, tomorrow is the plan. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it should be good. And then um, I actually own the original founder of Lego's old ink stamp, um, Ole Kirks. So wow. I would consider that one of one as well. So a lot of a lot of fun items and uh it's hard to to pick a favorite of them and even though they're like kind of you know they're the rarest in my collection not necessarily my my favorite ones but yeah um, i appreciate them for what they are okay so two things bouncing off of that number one is just a statement you're living my dream i hope you know <laughs> <laughs> like all of the stuff that you just mentioned is like grails on grails of stuff yeah um and second thing how the heck did you come across all of this stuff yeah. yeah so i i think part of the fortune is is being in the collection sphere for so long and the fact that you know i i think i mentioned at the beginning like collecting for 15 20 years and you know in the last 10 plus it's really all been about the rare items and that's been the real passion and, um, you know, I think uh, blessed and fortunate to have made a, a slight name for myself in the sense that, you know, people know that I'm a rare Lego collector. And, you know, after accumulating a certain number of those rare items, um, it became less of me hunting them down very aggressively and having to <clears throat> almost be my own little detective to now I still have some of those chases and finding stuff, but at the same time, enough of a you know, a small name recognition that um, either the person will contact me directly or friend of a friend sort of deal, someone that follows me or is aware of me, and then they know somebody that has an item, they say, hey, you should just reach out. So I have had to do a lot less sleuthing. Um, I don't want to say I'm getting lazy with it because people will write me, but yeah, um, it is something that I, I am fortunate to be in the position I am that that people will often reach out to me. And then, you know, for a few unique items, um the, you know i have to to do my own my own hunting and especially for you know there's there's many items in my collection that you know i i will post it of course and it seems like i you know i got it instantaneously or it was like a, a quick you know oh i just found it right some of those items i will have been searching for months to years and wow. there's a lot of time that goes into it and not just finding it but then when you find it you also have to convince someone to sell or trade it and so that that is truthfully probably the most fun part about any of it and also anxiety inducing because you really want the item but right. uh but at the same time it's it's all part of the hunt and i would say the items with the biggest hunter are some of my favorite items because they have a fun story behind them as well absolutely yeah you know. and honestly that's kind of like a rule i have with myself with like my collection stuff is that mm -hmm. i always have to i always have to either find it in person or just yeah. on my own because it, yeah. i just i love that like the treasure hunt vibe <laughs> yeah, of it absolutely so you mentioned earlier that you have like so many of these rare things but they all they all possibly can't be your uh your favorite item so i am i am curious like what is your favorite item out of your collection uh, a great question um like I... if you if you could pick one if you could pick yes one. i will i'll i'll give you kind of two i think uh one for nostalgia and one just because I think it's really cool. Okay. One, the nostalgia is the the Django Fett minifigure because really that is oh. what started all of it. The original right. one, and it's cheesy. That's a lot of people's favorite. But, um, you know, to me, that figure was 
you know, I, I remember owning it and looking up one day and saying, oh my gosh, this is worth a hundred dollars. And, you know, I was like, that is, that's just crazy to me. And, right. you know, since then, that's kind of where I got into things. And it's, even if my collection was worth zero dollars, I would still love every bit of it because it's, it's special to me. But, um, you know, I remember seeing that and I was like, wow, that that's crazy. But it's also, you know, an item I had gotten back in 2003 and I saw that it was worth a hundred dollars in like 2000. 11. So it had been eight years and, and, you know, I was younger at that point, of course, too. And just seeing that growth of an item, I was like, that, that's just wild to me. Right. And I, of course, you know, it was a toy. I played with that item a lot. So it wasn't like it necessarily held that value of a mint piece. Yeah. Um, and I didn't care that much about it. And I still, you know, I'm very much, you know, some items of course have to keep tucked away, but I like to keep those items displayed because, and I like to share them on my page because I think that's that's really what collecting is all about is sharing the, the joy of your hobby with others. And that's kind of what that Django Fett figure for me represents. And then in terms of just what I think is very cool um, is the history portion of my collection, which has grown considerably in the last five years, but is still relatively small in comparison to a lot of other people I know. But uh, my, you know, uh, my original Lego wooden duck um that i have a few of that is um you know a, a real big piece of lego history because that's what they're using a lot more in terms of actually their, their advertisement although i started getting mine before they started doing that but it represents yeah. a lot of their company values in the sense of you know only the best is good enough and, and seeking really for perfection because the interesting story that they share is um essentially you know ole of course was making these wooden toys and then you had gottfried his son and um, you know, they would make these wooden toy ducks and they would paint them and they would then they would coat them with, I think it was two to three coats of varnish. And, you know, one day Gottfried basically said, oh, well, actually, it still looks pretty good if I just do one coat of varnish. So why don't we do that? Save on money and time and, and all of it. And all I said, and I'm um, oh, sorry. And then they shipped those ducks and then took them to the post office. And then he came home and he told his dad that. And then Ole was like, that's that's not good enough. We can't do yeah. that. We're never going to sacrifice quality. So he made Gottfried go back and get those ducks and bring them back and apply a coat of varnish to all of them himself. And so, again, that's oh, like wow. their signature of why um, the Lego wooden duck is kind of their 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 history and and why it represents them today. And then to be able to actually own some of those pieces and potentially, you know, maybe Ole or Gottfried or ones that were involved in their production themselves. Um, that uh, that to me is pretty special. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So out of your out of your entire collection, like which one was the which one was the hardest for you to get, like hardest for you to obtain? Yeah, um, for the rare items, I would say probably probably the my my C-3PO's that I got um, the more the so the solid bronze one was one of the first rare pieces that I got being a one of one <clears throat> and that person had was the original winner had gotten it and at San Diego Comic Con and lived in California oh, wow. and of course I live on the East Coast so trying to arrange all that was rather relatively challenging right um, and you know he was he was motivated to sell but it still, still took a little bit of time and same for the solid white gold R2D2 you know that guy won it uh, at this point it's four or five years ago, um, which is pretty wild to think, but he won it then. And, and when he won it, he was also relatively motivated to sell. But at that point, there was more collectors. It was a little bit more of a competitive environment. 
and there was a lot of back and forth with trying to to see who he would sell to. Um, ultimately, unfortunately, he picked me, but um, that was a lot of back and forth. And you know, I think that was uh, at least a week that went into going back and forth on that one. Now, there's many other pieces that um, was kind of uh, uh, months to convince somebody to sell, and um, usually that's me just trying to slowly wear them down while still respecting their space, right? Um, yeah, not harassing <laughs> them every single day, but you know, just every week or two you just say hey what are you uh <laughs> what, do like, you what, you, what are you thinking yeah, yeah yeah what are you thinking how's, how's it going so um but keeping up with that persistence and I, I have i have a lot of messages that are kind of like an ongoing dialogue like that of just you know hey i'm here i'm interested but right you know, whenever you want to sell but uh, i definitely never try to drive anybody up a wall with any of it and thankfully no oh one's yeah ever, no one's ever accused me of that yet so yeah yeah. I was going to say, that's my method for asking people to come on the podcast. So <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we can, I can split this question up into two different, um, two different parts. So I'm curious what the most expensive uh, item in your collection is. And I, I, that could be taken two ways, like how much you paid for one and how much something is worth. So if you, would you mind talking about like those two different things? Yeah, a little bit. And I, I do have a, I have a, my own opinion on it to some extent. So, you know, I'd say inherently the most expensive items in my collection would be those that are one of one and those right. that are, of course, Star Wars, it's Lego, you know, and it's one of one. So I think three things kind of going into trying to determine a value of an item. And you're absolutely correct. There's, there's a big difference between, you know, well, what is it worth? What did you pay for it? And also, you know, trying to determine what it's worth is what would I sell it for if it's only one of one? Because at Absolutely, that point, yeah. there has to be a level of understanding that I would name my price and you, <coughs> to decide what it's worth. It would have to be what I would sell it for. And then you'd have to make an assumption that someone would actually be willing to pay that price. And and truthfully, to determine that value, you, you have to have those two relatively competing things go along with one another. And as someone that's really not interested in selling, it's tough for me to really place a price on them um, to determine, you know, what that would be. And I, I did go on, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I did go on Pawn Stars on the History Channel. Yeah. And I, I threw a price on there, and I know they're a pawn store, and I knew they would never accept my first price, even if they ended up offering something close to it, which, of course, they did not. But I was going to say, I figured they wouldn't understand the... No, Lego aspect very much. And, you know, that was a show I had been watching since I was a kid. So truthfully, I was just like, it would be fun to go there. They flew me out. Right. There. It, was, it was a really fun experience, but I had no interest in selling. But I went on there and I, I threw out the price of, of $250,000 a piece, which again, I knew they would never do. And I, didn't right. want them, I didn't want them to take it either. Um, I never even wanted to, to put a price on there that they would remotely consider because then I'd have to think about selling them. And that was not something I wanted to do. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of how I think the, the thought process goes into it, though, in summary, is just you, you have to have someone that's willing to pay a price that I would name as a one of one item and as someone that's really more attached to the items uh, from a collector standpoint than to say, oh, yeah, I want to sell it. I think it's tough for me to just throw out a number there aside from, you know, the one I gave on Pawn Stars where I really didn't want to sell it. So and I again, knowing they were a Pawn Star, but even if someone were to offer me that price, would I take it? I, I honestly would. Would, would say no um yeah it's just something i'm, I'm not uh, they mean more to me as part of my collection than than a right yeah right yeah so out of your entire collection you have so many 
pieces, so many items, so many different pieces of Lego history and whatnot. So, but the, but there's, you said there's tons of things that you will never <laughs> get, but I'm curious, what is, what's something that you've seen that you've like always wanted? That's like your, your like piece de resistance that you just really want to get. Well, I, I can, I can think of a couple. Um, one actually that I have wanted for, man, I would say probably 10 years um, that just arrived in the mail yesterday. So Ooh. you'll see it. <laughs> you'll see it on the top 100 countdown. All right. Um, yep. So I was very excited about that. And I actually, um, I just opened the box right before I hopped on your podcast. So it's fun to see it in person for the first oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the ones that I know I will probably never own, and this is purely because they are in the hands of other wonderful collectors who right. are just as passionate as I am. Um, but there is the the solid gold and solid silver um, Bobo Fets that were all oh. surprised back in 2010, which are yeah. awesome. They're framed, they right. a great certificate, and there's only two of them. And um, one is in a collection in Australia, and the other is in a collection in Scotland. And I know those guys, they have no intentions to sell, just like I don't have intentions to sell. And so because of that, I sadly know that unless I've written into their will, um, <laughs> uh, they will uh, not be pieces I will probably ever own unless, hey, you know, 20, you 30 years. I, I was going to say, you never know. You hey, never know. <laughs> and like I said, Ethan, I've got that dialogue open. So the yeah. messages are there. It's there. You decide, you've, got but, a, uh, you've got a note on your phone with all the little bits. <laughs> yeah. right. But currently it's a big fat no. But, you know, we'll, we'll check again in 10 years and see where they're at. Right. Yeah. So I will, hey, I will that... never stop trying. But, uh, but yeah. Absolutely. No, those are those are some items I would love to have to kind of complete the solid metal Lego Star Wars figure collection. But um, right for now, it's mostly just looking at the pictures and uh, dreaming a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can I can I can envision that. Um, so recently, you went to actually really recently, you went to Billund in uh, in Denmark, and you visited the Lego House. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you went. Did you go to the Vault as well? Yeah, the Lego Ideas House. Yeah. I was gonna say, how was that? That Sounds fantastic. It, it is. It is. It's hard to describe unless you're actually there, but it is phenomenal. I think really probably every Lego person's dream, anybody that loves it as a hobby and is passionate about it, to go into the vault itself. You've got, of course, not every single Lego item they've made. They said they told me they have a separate vault with over a hundred thousand different items. That's Whoa. they can't they can't actually tell me where it is. Yeah, <laughs> but then I bet this vault. Is still your jaw just drops. It's you know nine thousand plus sets and wow. just row and row and it's one copy of basically every mainstream set that you've probably ever seen in the store shelves and that's um it's it's just awesome. So you you know you only get a little bit of time on the tour to be able to walk around. I think it's about an hour and the hour goes by as if it was two minutes. But you you walk around all the halls and you just you know you pull out your favorite set from 2002, 2003, 1955. If that, it's just it's yeah it's it's really really fun experience to to do that. And then yeah, if anybody's ever to make able to make it to to Billin to go to the as they call it the home of the brick, the Lego House. Um, it's really really cool and a very very pretty campus that they've set up there that um you know a lot of kids of course and a lot of interaction for for kids and stuff to do but even right. as an adult just fun to walk around and be a part of and be also in that place of lego history 
see Ole Kirk's original house. Um, you know, it, potentially if you can't get into the Lake Ideas house, which is often shut off to, to mainstream public, but um, yeah. getting into that and seeing some stuff, if at all possible. But even again, yeah, Lego campus, Lego house, and, um, you know, little flea market, stuff like that around the town. Um, it's a lot of fun to, to do. And, you know, even there just for a couple of days, still feel like there was more I could have done. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's definitely on my bucket list at some point in my life <laughs> going there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so back pivoting back to like your collection and everything that you um, everything that you own. I'm curious, like I, I'm assuming you have duplicates of stuff, um, like multiple, multiple items. But I'm, I am curious, like, what would you say? that you have the most of like the most duplicates, whether that be like a figure or a piece or a set, like pretty much whatever. That's a, that's a very fair assumption to make, but I actually try not to have duplicates. Oh really? Uh, wow. I know. I know. So I am very much a man of singles. Um, I, huh, thinking right now, what would be, a I, I really only have a very small handful and I'm talking probably 10 or so items that I would have duplicates of. Um, otherwise, I really just want one copy for myself. And I use those yeah. duplicates often to to trade with other collectors and stuff. So, you know, I have uh, I do have a lot of like the Christmas X-Wing from 2019. I have a lot of right. sealed sets oh. um, up in storage. And then I I have like a, an extra 2013 New York Toy Fair diorama. I do have, I think like everybody here on earth, I have more than one 501st clone trooper <laughs> um, that, right. uh, you know, is just stored in bags that of course I had grand plans for, but now I'm like, I don't really have space for this. Um, right, yeah. And then, you know, I, I do have some of similar like old wooden toys and stuff that um, they're all unique a little bit in their paint job, but they are right. like, all Lego wooden ducks. Um, but that's, uh, and then I have some poly bags and stuff, I guess, and, and a few smaller figures, but in terms of army building and doing stuff of that nature, I, yeah, I, I don't keep too many duplicates. Um, I, I try not to, um, cause you know, I, I'm already a, a bad enough hoarder as is. So be, to be the hoarder that has, you know, 10 of something and all that, right. you try to stay away from a little bit, no, especially since, you know, it, it's, it's an expensive hobby and I want to be able to put money towards unique individual items rather than large yeah. quantities. So, right. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a good, um, that's a good <laughs> outlook on that. So uh, before we get into like some kind of rapid fire questions, that sort of thing, I've got one final question about your collection. I know you, yeah, uh, you might know this, and I don't know, um, but it's okay if you don't. How many items would you say that you have? You don't have to give like an exact number if you don't know it. <laughs> I <f> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know, uh, and I'm actually embarrassed that I don't know. Because oh, that's fine. <laughs> one, it means that I have too much, and two, it yeah. means I should keep better records <laughs> of what I actually own. But right, uh, I I hate to admit it, but I am the guy that has a a house full of Lego packed, you know, wall to wall, and then I'm also the guy that has the more than one storage unit and uh right so i i don't know the exact quantity but it's a lot of a lot of items too much too much <laughs> yeah so, no hey yeah i was gonna say in my opinion there could be never too much <laughs> yeah that's right i like to think that at least yeah yeah, yeah. you love to have that kind of like living in denial a little bit yes but... <laughs> exactly yeah so just really quick to get into some like little quick fire questions to get to know sam the man behind the collection um what's your what's your favorite food you got a favorite food Ooh, favorite food um uh i i love uh i i would say shrimp i love Ooh. i love some good seafood yeah 
I yeah, I can I can agree with that. What about? And, uh, I'll add in. Sorry, I'm now. You're good. Now I'm now I'm uh, monologuing here, but uh, no, you're fine. Raising Cane's chicken fingers. Oh, I'm uh I'm a sucker for a little bit of cheap fast food. Yeah, no, raising Cane's. Oh, their their sauce is good. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. Um. So what about like what about like a favorite movie? Do you have a favorite movie? Favorite movie? I think Inception by Christopher Nolan. No way. Me too. That's. Yeah, fantastic movie. It's I watched such, it. Such, so unique. I actually like. I watched it for the first time about a month ago, and I was like, "This is my favorite movie." I've, yeah, yeah, it's well yeah. done. I can't wait for Oppenheimer. <clears throat> oh, it's, it's going to be fantastic. fantastic! I'm going to see the Oppenheimer and Barbie double feature. 100%. <laughs> it's happening, hundred percent. Yeah, already set up. Yes. <laughs> so, what about like a like a favorite superhero or like comic book character, something like that? Favorite comic book character. Um. I'll be, let's see. You, you can, can be generic. You can be I know, unique, right? yeah. whatever you <laughs> yeah. want. I'll say, I always thought Wolverine was pretty cool. So I'll say Ooh. Wolverine. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely a, a great character. Um, So real quick, before we end this episode, we're going to jump into a little bit of a segment that I do in normally ever episodes called Random Records. This is pretty much the, um, it's the segment where talk about different kind of music you've been listening to, like recommend different things for viewers, something like that. Just kind of like a little bit, little, little, um, a little getaway from like the normally scheduled episodes yeah. that I have. Right. So Sam, what kind of, what kind of music, uh, do you listen to like normally on occasion? Pretty, pretty broad range. I guess I'll, I'll tell really? you, I was working on some, some records this morning and just tell oh, you wow. while I was doing paperwork, what I was listening to. So I was, I guess, in a classical mood this morning. So um, Perpetuum Mobile um, by, I think it's the Penguin Cafe Orchestra. That's what I was listening okay. to this morning. One of my favorites. I uh, listened even to a little bit of um, Canon and D. There was a little bit, um, let's see, scroll down here. <clears throat> a little bit of just soundtracks. Um, I will. I, I also love Inception. Going back to that, particularly right. the soundtrack and listening to. I didn't listen to it today, but um, music like that. And then um, usually I'm I'm listening to to music without words and soundtracks and stuff because if it's a it's if it's a song with words and I'm trying to work, I I don't I can't I don't have the capacity to focus. <laughs> right. Uh, so I it's a lot of songs that that don't have words soundtracks and stuff like that. Um, but if if uh, to the viewers that are listening here, if you haven't listened to Inception soundtrack, I think both Ethan and I would strongly recommend that you take. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so that's pretty much all I had um, with questions and whatnot. Um, so real quick before we sign off, uh, there's something that I do on every podcast episode. Uh, there's a viewer, viewer of mine. His name's Chad Hankins. I always give him a shout out. Don't know why. Just kind of started doing it. So Sam, would you mind giving a shout out to Chad real quick? Chad Hankins, man. Thanks for listening. Every time <laughs> you're the absolute best and keep on listening, um, because I'm sure the next podcast will be interesting, more interesting than this one. Oh, jeez. Hey, I thought I was going to say this episode was very interesting. But yeah, this will this will be coming out about a week from now whenever we're recording. But but yeah, so thank you, Sam, very much for coming on. I'm very excited to see how your 
uh, collection improves. Uh, would you like to shout out like your your socials at all? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am not too active on anything other than than Instagram for now, even though I've tried to broaden it a bit, but uh, time constraints and all that. But uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It is rarest underscore Lego underscore minifigures. Um, and as Ethan has mentioned, uh, every year I do a countdown of the rarest items in my collection, and it is a it is an ever involving collection. So what we saw in the top 50 last year will be much different than this year. And I, I have uh, increased it greatly. I'm doing a top 100. So that'll be 100 straight days, assuming I can keep up the pace of posting <laughs> one a day. But I do try very hard. But um, 100 items that are they're all quite unique. And yeah, number 100 should be posted either tomorrow or Monday um as the the start of the countdown very excited for it i think a lot of people um, have been looking forward to it and uh yeah it's uh, always an enjoyable time and i i am very much a feedback motivated person so um anytime people make recommendations you're going to see changes from the last year that people told me about that they'd like to see differently and so if you're following along please uh please let me know your thoughts and uh please reach out love talking to to people that are big lego fans and ethan i have a question for you actually yes since you're in the kind of neighborhood are you going to brick fair virginia in a couple oh of weeks? i uh, i really hope that i can make it there because i i was gonna say remind me what date it is is i well, let me pull up the calendar i believe it's august 5th and august 6th that is correct I mean, those are the public days I, I don't see why i can't make it there so honestly if i've got nothing going on those days I I might see I might see if a couple friends. No, I've never been. I've always wanted to go though. It is a really really fantastic time. I I cut time out of my schedule for the first time two years ago, and I I live it's a three and a half four hour drive, and I only had time to go for a little bit. So I basically drove for nine hours to go for three, oh, and man. I had I had zero regrets. It was an absolute blast. The creations people make are fantastic. Um, a lot of really fun, really Lego motivated people. Of course, it's, you've got the, the hubbub of a bunch of Lego creators and stuff like that. So if, yeah, if you grab some friends and stuff like that, come along, I'll be there. So I would love to All meet right. you in person and yeah, um, anybody listening in. Yeah, please, uh, please come. It's a, it's a really, really fun time. Won't have regrets. And I assure you, uh, you'll be motivated to try to come back again the next year. Cause it is, <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, so thank you again for coming on. Um, This has been episode 43 of the Random Banter Podcast. My name's Ethan. I'm the host. Uh, Sam was on. He's a guest. (laughs) And yeah, go follow us on Instagram at the Random Banter Podcast. And we'll see you in the next episode. Sam, thank you again for coming on. (laughs)